When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus The Fablemans is over, but we're just getting started here on Post Show Recaps Theater here for our daily Oscar series where each day we highlight a Best Picture nominee. And this is it. Day number 10, the 10th Best Picture. Tomorrow is the Oscars. Today we're talking about The Fablemans. My name is Grace. I'm here, of course, with my co-host, Ariel. Ariel, how are you doing? I'm good. I feel like it's so appropriate that this is our last movie. Family is effing hard. And uh, (laughs) Uh I feel that acutely this morning so uh Hmm. i think i think this is very appropriate okay um we're mostly going to talk about your personal life i think today on the pod so that's great uh no we're i cannot wait yeah uh we're not alone of course try to bring as many guests as possible today we're joined by the wonderful jess sterling jess how you doing hi i'm so happy to be here on the final day of the daily oscars podcast congratulations this is a momentous occasion we did it. I'm almost done watching Succession, and I've rewatched every Oscars Best Nominee. Grace, picture, so. you need a, yeah. you need a nice long nap, I think. <laughs> okay, with like a, a blanket and like some hot cocoa. I'll do it Ooh. the day after tomorrow because the Oscars are tomorrow. So there you go. <laughs> Perfect. Um, yeah, we're chatting about the Fablemans. Make sure you subscribe. Postrecaps.com/slash/movies to make sure you don't miss any of our daily Oscars coverage, and of course, our Oscars coverage that will come from Ariel and I, as well as our regular movie coverage. Scream Six coming out soon. Uh, New York, you're, uh, Jess, you're from New York. You're not from New York, New York, like right in the city, which is where the movie takes place. But are you excited about a, a New York Scream movie? Um, 
wait scream like scream like the yeah. like with the mat yeah uh-huh. you know yeah. what funnily enough i did just watch the the more recent i know okay i know it's not scream five but can we it's scream five it's scream like, five yeah we have to yeah so i did just watch scream five so i am going to go see the new scream i know Ooh. i know okay. but i've i've discovered a love of slasher flicks more mm. recently i can't do certain types of horror well, i can do slasher on for the it's, it's very campy <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it splashes at your heart. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, all right. So the famous the Steven Spielberg autobiographical movie. And I feel like I want to just defend this movie. I rewatched it last night. I really love this movie. And almost as I'm watching it, I'm like, maybe this one should actually win Best Picture. Um, but I the the idea that it's the movie about movies, I think is a real like discredit to what this movie actually is, which is you mentioned Ariel. Like I did think you were gonna say like the movie about movies, and you're like, no, it's a movie about how complicated families are, which it is. It's about like, you know, Sammy Fableman and his his family, his mostly like his mom and his dad. This is a movie that I think Steven Spielberg had thought about doing for a long time didn't really want to do it while his parents were alive, which I think is more than fair uh, because I actually think his parents don't get like, you know, the cleanest, uh, you know, uh, image coming out of this movie. Um, But I really loved it because I think it's like, it's about his family, but also how his family affected like him as an artist rather than like movies. Like, yes, he loves making movies, but I think like what's so interesting is that like he is such a like talented filmmaker that it affects the way he sees the world and the relationships that he has with people. Ariel is like really what I think this movie is about. And I think saying it's mm-hmm. a movie about movies is, as, as I said, a discredit to what the Fablemans is. Yeah. And I think certainly uh, the truth is probably somewhere in the middle, right? Because like Steven Spielberg is a person who has made many movies and name one for him. Um, <laughs> uh, Jaws six. How no, dare you not name the one in New York Park City, first. right? It's the one, one in New York City. City. It's the Sharknado one. Uh-huh. Uh, but like he, it's a, in a sense, it's a movie about movies, but it's like the movie that he always wanted to make about his family. And also he is a person who clearly sees the world in a very cinematic way and has processed his view of the world through all of his movies. So it makes sense that, you know, it's, it's, it's both. It's about his family and it's about movies because his whole life and his whole world seems to be about movies. So I think it makes sense. Uh, Jess, what are you, what are your thoughts? You went to go see this in, in theaters. Uh, we kind of joked in our pre-pro meeting, my favorite new term, uh, that like you, you don't go to see a ton of movies. You actually, you're a big drive uh, in person. If I, remember I love correctly. a drive in. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but um, this is one that you went out for. You went to go see yeah, we went to go see it mostly. Uh, so my husband was the one who was like, come on, let's go see it. The long run time really deterred me from wanting to see it, to be honest. I'm very much a like, I'm good with an hour and a half long movie. That is mm-hmm. my sweet spot. But um, I, I do cover Dawson's Creek on my podcast, Shit 90 Shows Taught Me. And obviously it is about the character Dawson who is obsessed with Steven Spielberg. And he also as an aspiring filmmaker. Um, and not only that, but Michelle Williams stars in this film, which obviously she is also from Dawson's Creek. So it just kind of felt like, you know what? I kind of need to see this movie. And I am so happy that we saw it because I absolutely, I was riveted and it is a long movie. And to keep my attention that long, uh, it takes a lot. I really, really enjoyed it. I felt like it was just an, it really was something the reason I enjoyed it so much was because it is a movie about someone who is passionate about something and watching someone else's passion can be really like inspiring and just interesting. And to see the journey that he takes, like we really get the full picture of kind of the very specific set 
of time uh, in Steven Spielberg's life. And I just found it really fascinating and seeing, I thought they did a really wonderful job of like depicting someone falling in love with something and, mm. and it's a hobby or, or a, a life, right? Like falling in love with um, a career, falling in love with something like filmmaking versus a love story of like between two human beings. Um, and I just, I really loved it. And obviously something else to shout out is like John Williams does the score and like, Anybody who knows me at all, who's listened to any podcast I'm ever on, knows I love Jurassic Park. And so uh, to kind of get them reunited for the Fablemans, uh, I had to see it. And I'm really happy I did. Uh, this is uh, John Williams. Uh, so this uh, film is nominated for Best Original Score. And this is John Williams' 53rd nomination uh, uh, for for uh, for an Oscar. Uh, he is the star. most nominated person alive uh which is quite wild um but yeah you talked about michelle williams i think one of the um things that is uh interesting, so she's nominated for best uh, uh actress um uh, no paul dano nom which i think uh i think some people the find the michelle williams portrayal very polarizing just from she kind of plays i don't know what it is about or what how would you describe like michelle williams it's sort of like aloof she's in a way. Blonde. She sort of has this, like, <laughs> she's uh, uh -huh. <laughs> yeah she's very she's um almost ethereal i would describe her as yeah. she's like not quite of this earth in a way that you know obviously this is it's a story of this person is like a, a version of his mother like you mm -hmm. you know i think you 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 can't say it's a hundred percent her but there's clearly i think in interviews you know a lot of his mother in this role um but i but it is still to me a movie version of his mother and it's kind of like she's she's a little too pure she's a little bit too much love for this world is the way i saw it and like a little she has a little bit too much love for her family and obviously she's someone who later on in the movie is dealing with she's some too mental much, health issues she has too much love for some people who are not yeah. her family. <laughs> <laughs> i mean listen she's human uh she has a she has amazing hair um but to yeah. your point about it being polarizing i think there's a little bit of um perhaps uh the her voice there's a little bit of a like a i would describe it as like baby talk <laughs> to her to her voice but a little like, like airy for sure yeah, just like airy that yeah and that's like to my ethereal point but i think i think it to me it's like i mentioned before it is it is handled with a lot of love and a lot of care and to your point grace a lot of honesty like you said he waited until his parents passed before he made this movie and i think he would say that he wanted to present them warts and all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, like his mom is, I feel like she's not a super like realist in a way. She's like very much a dreamer. Um, yep. she buys a monkey, uh, one point in the movie. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite lines, <laughs> we, we, we won't get into, I thought about picking it from a memorable moment. Uh, only cause it's like very funny is they're fighting. Uh, there's a fight between them. And she said that, but she goes, I started therapy. And <laughs> <laughs> It's yeah. ridiculous. I think yeah. that something, the reason why I think this movie is so interesting is the, I felt it very relatable in terms of if you didn't have a parent that was like Mitzi, you may have had a parent that was like Bert, where yeah. they're just so complete opposites. Mitzi is very much head in the clouds, just like such a big dreamer, very chaotic, doesn't have a ton of structure to how she wants to live her life. And Bert is like the exact opposite. He's very structured. He's a computer engineer. So he's very yeah. much the like analytical thinker. He 
constantly, whether intentionally or not, is putting down Sammy's love of filmmaking and, and you know, constantly just hobby dad you can call it hobby yeah it's he keeps hobby. calling it a hobby yeah. and i think it's so fascinating to see how those two people like are constantly at odds with each other um and having parents that are so at odds with each other and kind of hearing it from both sides um and the fact that sammy knows the secret about his mother and like her relationship with their uh bert's like best friend and business partner bernie An or Benny, another sorry. scene i would have loved to to use but the the audio just doesn't translate at all but the moment when he's editing the film and like sort of realizes oh. that his mom is cheating on a on his on his dad is like yes brutal. grace i almost picked that moment before i was like but there's no uh, there's no real audio yeah. it's the score it's the score grace which yeah. is why i think again like john williams is a, a genius like he mm -hmm. can make this score that like you don't need dialogue it, it's all it takes to feel just like so real and true and uh yeah i just i found it that even though this this movie takes place like in like what like the 50s the 60s like mm -hmm. it's not a time that i can relate to personally i just found it very fascinating to watch somebody with such interesting family dynamics try to navigate that and mitzi is a character that i i i can understand why she doesn't work for everyone um, because I do find I, she's not exactly a lovable character with some of the stuff that she does. Um, but I do think it's interesting to watch someone like her depicted on my screen. She, she cheats on, she cheats on, um, uh, Sammy's dad. Mm -hmm. She, uh, hits Sammy. Not uh, great. Yep. Not great. Yeah. So it's like some rough moments, uh, uh, for who is, so is, I think, like at the end of the at the end of the movie like a little bit i think m you're mostly sympathetic to her but it is a very complicated uh a portrayal i think even the the paul dano joke talk about like he doesn't get nominated for um uh, a role here judd hirsch does uh i think the other critique of this movie and the thing that i critique this movie for is there are a couple scenes that i think are so like completely on the the nose in terms of like what he wants you to feel which is like you know it's it, this is this i think it was supposed to be like a big blockbuster movie it actually did pretty bad at the box office i don't think it made its money back at the box office it probably has by the time it was like streaming and everything mm -hmm. but i think you know we talked you know judd hirsch gets nominated and and in our pre-pro meeting you talked about the <laughs> judd hirsch scene being one of your like least favorites uh, yeah. of the movie yeah to your point it just it feels it feels very on the nose um like obviously judd Hir judd hirsch like a very respectable actor who can do a lot and it almost feels like to me in the moment it felt like and i've only seen the movie once but it felt like he could do so much better and he he almost deserves better the actor and the movie deserves a little bit better um but it, but it is very intentional and he's he's basically there to be like you know, fight for your art. And if you don't, you know, if you don't choose your art over your life or your family, then nobody else will. Um, which, which I think it is an important message in general to Justice Point and also to, for this movie specifically. But I was just like, mm, the dialogue, it's a little clunky. It's like, somebody write it quick. Just write the thing. It doesn't matter. Just well, write exactly what he's I think the reason I brought Paul Dano is because I do think like his dad's character has a little bit, is like struggling a little bit with this idea of like, his dad, I feel like for the most part, doesn't feel like a guy who would be like, he's so impressed when like, when Sammy punks the, punctures the hole 
in the film to make it so that it looks like a gun is being shot, right? So it looks more yes. real. And and then they're on the way. He's like, wow, I can't believe you did this. Like, anyway, you probably shouldn't do this as a, as a living. You probably should go to college and do something else. And I'm like, it does, like, I, I get that, like, this is very much a thing that happens with people who, like, want to pursue art is that their parents get very worried. That's, uh, like, a, notoriously an industry that, like, you know, most people don't make it, actually. Uh, it's very hard to make it. And so this idea that your parent might be like, yeah, maybe not. But I do feel like there's a way in which, like, it feels so forced that, like, his dad being, like, you know, you know it, it, your hobby son you know it is your hobby you know you don't want to you know and i in a way that like doesn't completely work for me even though i think that the theme is fine of his dad being this more like analytical but he also mm -hmm. you know in terms of like warts and all i almost feel like he wants like also this to have this like loving view of his father where his father does take interest and is proud of sammy when he does these things but also is not fully on board with him being like a filmmaker. And so that, you know, it takes kind of the end of the movie where he's like, okay, fine. If you hate school so much, like don't go to school. Like, and then he gets yeah. to learn, obviously where he gets to work for the, for some, from TV uh, productions, Jess. But yeah, I just think that like, there's some of the movie in a way that I think actually some of the things work really well in the movie for like how sort of like, obvious they are and in some ways i think it it can detract yeah. from the movie i think i maybe i'm being a little lenient on the movie but i will say like i when i look at it when i knowing that this is steven spielberg making a movie about his own life when i look at it from the angle of he's a kid when a lot of this is happening or he's a teenager right it's a long time ago I totally think that his bias influences how this goes, where it probably did feel that over the top. It probably did well, feel like his dad was being like, this is just a hobby. Actually, actually, yeah, now I have a defense of, of what I just said, because I do think there's a way. We I forgot this. I forgot now you to argue with yourself, Grace. Yeah, Grace. Sorry, I'm just going to interrupt you, Grace, because I think you're wrong. Um, which is when we talked in the first uh, Being Arrow, there's actually this um, idea that the movie is uh, completely memory that it's not, this is not like the idea is not that the movie is trying to show us exactly what happened. Yeah. It's, it's not Sammy autobiographical. It's yeah. It's just well, his perspective of it. Well, it is. Auto it's, but it, but it, more than his, it's like his, like, these are his, like his memories come to life. And as we know, like memories get altered and Our affected. Form. Like yeah. essentially every memory you have is actually your memory of the last memory you had. So like, I don't know if that makes sense, but like, you don't, you don't actually remember the first, <laughs> Does this that make is sense? Inception, it, it, Grace. It doesn't. It doesn't. But it does. No, I know what you mean. Is. Every yeah. memory is just you remembering the last time you remembered something, not the very first. Memory. That's horrifying so, to think about. Yeah. Right. So, like so a copy of a copy of a copy. It's a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy, and so it gets diluted. So this idea that like some of the stuff is so like his his uh, his mother's uncle so his great uncle coming in and being like it'll rip you apart like you know you know art and family like it's off you know he's like he's actually ripping his own shirt you know mm -hmm. um feels really obvious and at the same time i actually do like there's a way when this movie feels like majestic in a way because it's memory right and that that's why i think i have a little bit of a defense of it because it feels like uh this is just his perspective of like of his childhood of of his teen years yeah. um and maybe it's not gonna it's gonna be a bit obvious and obtuse yeah. um but that's the way kids and teens are is that oh you're ruining my life dad like it feels like you're ruining my life dad you know like it, it feels like mm -hmm. that in the moment um so i think i give it a little bit of slack for that reason mm -hmm. um also just because sometimes like i you know we don't know if his parents were as over the top or as uh right and left as they feel um but i i didn't actually mind that just because it felt so true it felt so genuine it really did feel like 
I believe that this is what he experienced. And not only that, but like how he felt during those experiences. The other thing I give the movie, um, you know, lots of credit for in terms of like, you know, in terms of it, it you know, um, I feel like it, there's a world in which this one feels like the most Oscar. And I actually think it could have quite a backlash if it wins, even though I think it could win. Again, I pointed out that it won the Golden Globe for best drama. Um, obviously, Banshees uh, was in was in uh, a comedy or musical along with everything ever all at once. So it didn't compete against them. Um, but I do think like there's a there could be a backlash to this idea that like it's a movie about movies. But the other thing, the other way I think this movie is incredibly timely. Um, so actually, I think there's two ways. So one is just that um, there are a bunch of these movies that came out in the sort of post-COVID, uh, and, and I'm putting post-COVID in heavy quotations, uh, post-COVID lockdown restrictions world is all these like movies that are very introspective about their own life. Uh, Armageddon Time is another movie that was like this. Obviously, uh, Steven Spielberg is like looking at this movie as like, yeah, I want to kind of like write about my life to a degree. I think it comes from COVID. Where we're all like sitting indoors and thinking about like our, you know, our meaning and what we've contributed and whatever. So it goes timely from that sense. And then also, I think that the movie is very, um, you know, there was a rise in anti-Semitism uh, uh, last year. And so there is um, the way in which that Sammy deals with his anti-Semitic uh, uh, high school peers, um, I think is like, you know, really relevant uh, uh, to the times uh, as well. I think there's a moment where like a bag gets put in his locker right? and it's just like hanging there, has some language I won't refer to on the, on the podcast, but it, but it is really powerful and there is a rise in anti-Semitism. And so um, to like timely uh, in that regard as well. Discover why critics are calling kingdom of the planet of the apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day. It's a jaw dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. 
actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. Sammy? I had to crash it a whole lot of times, oh. but the train never got hurt. Really? <laughs> I thought that was the greatest show on earth. <laughs> more, 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 more. Let's chat through our memorable moments. I think chronologically, Jess, you have the first memorable moment. What'd you pick? Ooh, yes. Yeah. So um, I picked, it's the very beginning of the movie um, when Sammy is obsessed with shooting this crash scene um of of the the train and he watches it over and over and over like needing to understand it and the reason i chose this scene so yeah he gets he gets this like model set for hanukkah and his dad is like very against him crashing it right but like he wants to because of the film he saw earlier um there's a line that keeps playing in the tra watch the trailer if you don't that um uh if you love something you can't just love it you have to take care of it is like yeah. the thing that his dad says about uh why he can't destroy his train set also just huge shout out to the cutest little young sammy ever mateo zorin francis deford uh just a delightful cast yeah character. so like you really you really get the sense from his portrayal that like this is what he he falls in love immediately with it and he must do it over and over and over again and the reason i picked this was because um first of all it feels very true to what being a kid is um when you just have that like obsessiveness about something and it never gets old and it never gets boring and you like when you're a kid and you want to watch the same movie over and over and over and over um it felt so real and i picked it because there's something just so magical about watching someone else be passionate about it doesn't even matter like what it is but watching someone be passionate about something is so intriguing even if i have no interest in what it is they're passionate about and it felt i could feel that coming through on the screen and so it just to me it was the very first like magic moment of this movie and it's uh, it's a thing that his mother realizes, right? It's like it's about control. It's about having control yes. over a thing, in that he he gets to decide when the when the train crashes, as opposed to when he goes to the movie and he watches a train crash without him like knowing. Um, yes. But then it's about this idea that like he knows what happens. He can watch it over and over again, knowing the outcome. Um, or he can you know he can recreate something and, and manipulate it, right? So that it's different. So it's all about con control. And like from a very early age, like his mother realizes like he kind of feels like he needs to have control and this is where he exerts it, Ariel. Yeah, and I think uh, a little bit to Justice's point to see Mitzi recognize it and like not just recognize what, uh what sammy actually wants and needs but what it actually means 
for him as a person and will con- and she'll continue to like build that idea of, of him in her head uh, and basically it'd be a big contributing contributing factor in like him uh, you know pursuing that passion it's a it's a very important building block and it's very it's very loving like there's nothing sweeter than watching uh, a mother like truly uh, I mean a parent but but specifically in this case a mother understanding their child more than anybody else possibly ever will certainly more than that child understands in that moment the the speechlessness like the the way that there's almost like when he when he just like pulls her into his closet to watch the video oh i love it it's so cute it's It's the it's the cutest grace because it's like it's just like the the way he he doesn't say anything he just pulls her in and he sets her up with this like in the closet and it's it's beautifully directed it's beautifully shot and it's just so again it's just so true to what a kid would do it feels like what a kid would do um and there's something just so like pure and genuine right like that's the thing i'm not we all know i'm not a huge kid fan however like there is something very magical about being a kid and not being like jaded not feeling like tainted by the world yet and so just having that like pure joy as a child uh, is what I get out of that scene. And it, it just like makes me so happy. Yeah. What are the five steps to save a drowning person? All right, one is you swim behind the person so they don't grab you. Two, you throw your arm across his chest. Or Three, her chest. Not th- Sammy, he's too scared of girls' boobies. Three, you swim on your back with a victim on your chest using your free arm to paddle yourself and speaking to boobies. If you ever get any, we'll have a party. Um, and at the party, we'll give her the booby prize. Ha <laughs> ha. <laughs> What's... Four. Um. Crap. Bring the victim to land, dummy. Um. Then five. Call the undertaker. This is serious business. I gotta know all of this to get the life-saving merit badge. More kids die in swimming accidents than in any other kind of accident. Sorry. Not everything is a big joke. Okay, okay, so what's step number five? You laugh at everything. Even when nothing's funny, you always have to be the center of attention. Eat. And don't talk with your mouth full. I'm not eating this crud before a swimming test. You can get cramps in the water if you eat before, and you can drown from getting cramps. Stop shouting at her! Sammy Fableman, god damn it, for weeks now there's been nothing but disrespect from you. Disrespect?! Why are you being such a little shit to me, David? To hell, I'm your mother! I wish you weren't! Ah! Okay, I'm calling a full audible on the podcast in terms of my memorable moment because mm-hmm. I said that I thought that the scene where he um, he looks through the footage and, and he catches his parents was like, I was like, oh, but it's not really audio. But I forgot. And in a moment that uh, mirrors your moment really well, Jess, is the moment when he shows his mom the tape. He, he sort of like puts her in the closet, closes the door, makes her watch the video that he's yeah. edited together of uh, her essentially like having these moments with Benny. 
um, while they go camping. And then the conversation they have when she comes out where she's like heartbroken and, and, one of the, just says like to pull the curtain behind, uh, uh, back well, the other scene I was thinking about was the moment when um, they pull over when they're moving um, yes. and have this conversation. And what I think is so interesting about the relationship between um, uh, Mitzi and Sammy is that Mitzi understands Sammy so well, so much like to the point of that, that beginning about like control and whatever. Um, but there's a way in which like she puts a lot on him for like a kid even like a teen right like yeah. now that he knows you see like in the scene where they're outside like she's basically saying like like do you think he has an inkling do you know and she's like god not gossiping but to it she's like you know having this conversation with her with her son she's about treating whether him like he's an adult when like yeah. it, it's 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 so inappropriate like to yeah. put that level of secrecy and du like duplicity right deceit on your son like yeah. he didn't ask for any of that yeah but uh, the scene where um, he shows her, I believe it's actually, is it right after she hits him maybe as well? I might have the timeline like very mixed up, but it's like sort of like he's like, this is why I'm like basically like rebelling is like the is not the right term. Is <laughs> he like being a bit of a jerk? Is like, I know what you're up to. And so the scene where like, and I just love the mirroring where he's like, okay, go into the closet. I'm going to play, I'm going to like put the film that I put together uh, and mm -hmm. you watch it. And then when she comes out, she's like sobbing. I actually think it's like one of the best uh, performances from, from her. Uh, what do you make of the scene, Ariel? The like reveal that Sammy knows his mother is cheating. It's what I, what I love most about it is the kindness that he extends to her in letting her have the privacy. Like yeah. it, absolutely. He, he knows that she's going to have an emotional reaction, even if he's not quite sure what it's going to be. But the idea that he's not going to sit there and it's a little bit selfish too, right? It's on the one hand, it's the kindness of letting her have the privacy. And on the other hand, it's like, I also did I, edit I, a movie together of you cheating. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't want to be here. I don't necessarily want to like watch you realize it. And you realize yeah. that I knew the whole time because I know that you love me and that's going to make you feel bad. Like the family dynamics are so complicated, but between them, there's so much love. And he made a little screening room for her in the in the closet. And he's like, please just watch this movie that's like somewhat me creepily like stuck in your life. But also you were doing it in front of me. So like boo on you. She was they were not being <laughs> stealthy about it. Not that they should like, you know, but like, right, right. Like, I mean, you can make an argument her... whether or not they should have yeah. or shouldn't have, but for sure they were not being stealthy. And it's 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 actually fascinating to watch him on the one hand pace back and forth wondering how she's going to react and on the other hand just as a movie maker like i wonder if she's going to like my movie like it's like yeah, actually yeah. like super super fascinating yeah well it's also the way that like this is how he sort of this is what i was saying before about like i think it's really about the way somebody who has this passion for this thing and is really good at this thing it's how he just views the world he's almost it's almost yes. like when he sees his mom cheating he sees it through like oh, I could cut all this together and make a movie about it. You know, it's like I see it through like my camera lens rather yeah. than um, seeing people like, you know, kind of like up to their face, which I think is a really interesting transition to your scenario. Uh, um, yeah, in terms of like how people feel when they're like, you know, seen through his camera lens. Seen. Wow. And scene. Wow. And <laughs> scene. I'm not even going to pick my moment. That's the that would have been a good outro scene. for all of our pods as well. <laughs> and scene. And, and scene. <laughs> we hit ourselves. Okay. My moment. Um... Why'd you do that? What? Why'd you make me look like that? 
In the film? Yes, in the film! Oh, shit, shit. What's the matter with you? I've been a, a total asshole to you. I broke your nose, you and then, break then you go nose. and make me look like, you like that. What's wrong with it. you? Logan, all I did was hold the camera, and it saw what it saw. Oh, bullshit! Fableman, you made me look like, like this golden kind of thing. Yeah? And Claudia, she just kissed me. Mazel in front of the whole school. I okay. treat her shit, and then I treat you. You're and welcome, now she man. Wants Jesus. No, no, don't, don't go. Don't go. I want to know why you did that. I don't know, I ought to have my head examined. Am I supposed to feel bad now about all that shit we did to you? Do you feel bad? That's about none of your I goddamn just... business. Because you should feel bad. All right, that's why you did it. You want me to feel like I wanted you to be nice to me for five minutes. Or I did it to make my movie better. I don't know why. You are the biggest jerk I've ever met in my entire life. I have a monkey at home that's smarter than you. You dumb, anti-Semitic asshole. I made you look like you could fly. But I can't fly. I can outrun any guy in Santa Clara County, and I worked real hard to do that. But you, you make me feel like I'm some kind of failure, or a phony, or, or like I'm supposed to be some guy I'm never gonna be. Not even in my dreams. You took that guy, whoever he is, wherever you got him from, and you put him up there on that screen and told everyone, everyone that that's me. And that's not me, that's, it's, It wasn't supposed to make you upset. I didn't mean to freak you out. I didn't mean Who cares what you meant? Fableman! Oh, shit. You liar! You backstabbing liar! I'm gonna beat your... You totally bought it, his whole snow job. You ate it up, you moron. Logan, you are so conceited and dumb. Dangerously, Fableman. No, I don't. I really, yes, really don't. Yes, you do. But you tell anybody about me getting um, upset. That would be a mistake. Our secret. Okay? Definitely. Unless I make a movie about it, which I'm never, ever going to do. Another fascinating moment. I think I said on the original podcast where we talked about it, it's like you almost can't fully understand every single thing that is happening in the scene because there are so many emotions on all sides. And that's that's part of what I love about it. Um, so it's Sammy has shown his, you know, his movie at school. The his ditch like day end movie. Of summer. Yeah, yeah. Whatever beginning of I don't remember the time period exactly, but it was a it was a ditch day. There was a lot of beach footage and he shows it and we were around when he was filming it and then we get to see what he actually captured and it's it's this moment where the the bully is confronting him and what i love about it is 
the bully is so confused himself. Yeah. Like, why would you do that? Why did you make me look so good in this movie? Like, I I treated you like crap. And also, not just why did you do it, but how did you do it? How is it possible for someone to do this and like do it so well and make me feel these things? And like, the bully is confronted with all the complicated feelings of, wow, I look amazing on screen, but also like, what? How did this person that I basically hate do this? And why did they do it? And then why on the other you, side, yeah. Sammy, when he's asked is like, I don't know why did it because he doesn't know why he made that person look good. He just knows that he captured a moment. And then the moment when he was rewatching it and editing it spoke to him and he he is chasing truth in his movies and he cannot. And that's what I think is 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 the subtext of, of their conversation of like when faced with the truth or at least the movie version of the truth that Sammy captured you have all these feelings towards it. And at that point in time, you know, movies are very, it's very early. They're not like, you know, they're not as prevalent as they are now, obviously. And like people aren't used to seeing themselves in movies as much. So it's just a fascinating, fascinating uh, dynamic conversation, emotional journey for both of them. Because Sammy's like, yeah, I don't know why you're a piece of crap and you treated me like crap, but my movie about you is amazing and you look amazing. And I'm so good at what I do. <laughs> I, I like when uh, Logan asked Sammy's like, boy, you really like to live dangerously, huh? And he's like, I really don't. I really don't. <laughs> and then, and then there's, um, cause he's, he's cried, right? Logan has cried. Uh, like yeah. being like, you know, why did you do this? Like, I don't understand. I was so mean to you, like yeah. literally racist towards you. Yeah. And yet you made me look so good. And he says, so just, this is our secret. You will not tell anybody. And Sammy says, yeah, of course. Uh, unless I make a movie about it. And so the way Logan looks back at him is like, no. And he's like, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's like so funny because it's proved that he does like to live dangerously a bit, you know, of like, yeah, but I would make a joke that I might actually make a movie, which I don't know who this person is. But the ironic thing is that I, if this is based on a true story, then Steven Spielberg's joke <laughs> that I'll make a movie about you, he actually did make a movie about him. Is this, if this is based on any truth, the, whoever the, the real version of Logan <laughs> Hall is, has now cried on screen in the movie, right? Like, yeah. it's very funny. I think it's so very, many layers. Very clever. Yeah. 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 Jess, what do you make of this, uh, like the, the, the confrontation at the end of the, at the end yeah, of the Yeah, this is fascinating, right? Where uh, Sammy is just making the movie that is in front of him. This is not scripted, this is all just happening. And he's like, this was the story. I, I can't help it that that was the story, that you're the one who's the hero in this story. It's not my fault. It's the way the story is. Um, and I, I just thought it was so interesting. It's a fascinating scene. And I I mean, I of course, I love that the that Logan beats up the other bully that is the is the Chad. villain. Stupid Chad. Stupid yeah. Chad. Yeah. Um, Whose real name is Oaks Fegley. It's a great name. I just want to say Oh, that's a great yeah. name. Oaks yeah. Fegley. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed the scene and I think it's uh it's fascinating human behavior, right? Um and I think it makes I don't know why, but it felt really it felt like really true that this would happen in like the hallway where the lockers are. I don't know why that fascinated me, but I'm like, this feels like a conversation that belongs in an empty hallway with lockers. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, I really enjoyed the scene. I mean, I obviously we hate Logan, but he he's like, like everyone's complicated, right? I think that that's the moral of the story here. Like everyone is complicated well, and yeah. uh, it's fascinating. I did love beat up stupid I Chad. I so the thing that I I mean if we're talking about like that he just like points the camera and he show, like he can see truth actually don't that's not my read of what Sammy produces my read of Sammy yes he does like film Logan running faster than everyone but if he really wanted to show truth right he would also show 
that like Logan is a bully. But what Sammy as somebody who makes films can recognize is that people want a hero and that people will I need a can, hero. That's right. If it, wow, that was that a Wanda? I need a hero. <laughs> I think it was a Wanda I need a hero. Is this our is this our Oscar Bailey episode 4? Wow. Um <laughs> Yeah, I can't wait for the the daily Grammy. Uh, <laughs> when Jess is Wanda, I need a hero gets nominated for best song. Um, but that Sammy, you know, that the art of making a movie is that you like trim, you edit, you like, you know, you we talk about that like it's not scripted, but the some of the movie is scripted. The like they're pouring sunscreen on on the people's faces to make it look like they. Got oh, that was poop. hilarious. So like it, it like it's not scripted, but also it like when you it's make just them, the lens he's showing it through to right. make him look like good. And, and but like he's and, and and to the point of like him making a movie like it's a because it's like supposed to be like the film of Ditch Day but like what we know Sammy Fableman aka Steven Spielberg he makes big motion pictures and he makes some of the most blockbustery like things where there isn't a ton of like what I think is interesting about this movie is that there is so much like shades of gray in people like Sammy's parents in a way that like I don't often attribute that with a Steven Spielberg movie I often think of like very you know like the eight I, I do love like the 80s bullies in this in this movie because it feels very Spielberg uh, uh that like they're like bad dudes, but like, then he like transformed that like, yeah, but you can also kind of make a bad dude look amazing in a movie because of the magic of movies. And you can see like Sammy can understand and all the times we watch his movies get played in front of people, he knows how to get a reaction from an audience. And he even sets up Chad in the movie. Like he doesn't put in these like also nice moments of Chad. He puts in only the like embarrassing moments of Chad, right? Where like he tries to hit on a girl and the girl rejects him when he like something happens to him. Does he fall in the water? uh, as like the tide comes in, right? Like, he knows that like how to make someone a hero and how to make someone a villain in the in a in the version of a movie. And that's what his like skill is in terms of like movie magic. And that's what I think is like he is like showing what happened, but he also is editing it in a way, right? He's putting the background music, he's like doing this to make to make a compelling film, which is the thing he's really good at. And when he's asked, like, why'd you do that? He says, I don't know. Uh, uh, I think he does know, right? He's like, I did it because that's the best version of the film that I could have made. He's making, he's trying to make the best film he can, and right. I think, I think it's one of those things where it's kind of both, where it kind of comes together in that way, right? Where you have like Logan winning the race, like you have things, and I that like happen on Ditch Day that then lead sammy to being like oh this is the logan hero story like that's what makes the best story out of the film that i've captured um and it's fascinating and i think sammy doesn't even necessarily know that's what he's doing right i don't think he knows enough about filmmaking yet to really put a word or a phrase to what he's doing but he's literally just making the best story he can out of the film that he captured which is the magic of filmmaking and storytelling um but it is it is really fascinating i think you can kind of see the growth from sammy with the model train set to sammy and ditch day Mm -hmm. So you're saying just Sammy doesn't know. Sammy doesn't know. Exactly. To, to quote another incredible. Sammy doesn't movie. know. <laughs> Sammy doesn't know. Whoa. Um, yeah, I really like this scene a lot. Uh, 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 to, to again to pull back the curtain, Aaron and I actually picked the same scene, and so we did all audible uh, there. But it's it's really good. I think it's like really fascinating uh, um, insight into I think what Steven Spielberg thinks about like if yeah this is kind of like his most introspective I think. Um, all right, let's transition to the segment. If it won, 
Jess, this is uh, tomorrow night. The last award that's mm-hmm. given out at the 95th Academy Awards uh, goes to Steven Spielberg and company for The Fablemans. How are you feeling? I don't know that I would be like insanely surprised, right? Like this is Steven Spielberg <laughs> we're talking about. Like Steven Spielberg and John Williams w- worked on this film together. Like that's a big duo, you know? Like I don't know that I would be shocked. Um, I really loved this movie. I would be happy to see it win. I think there are probably more out there picks that would be like momentous if they won if that makes sense i think it would be like a bigger deal if they won that being said if if this if this movie wins i will be so happy for steven spielberg because he's amazing arrow what about you i will be happy for mitzi um (laughs) (laughs) no not steven spielberg uh no i think it would be it would, I guess, a little bit to a point you made previously, Grace, it would feel a little bit like almost expected. Like there's a little bit of like, oh, this is such an Oscar movie. But that doesn't mean like that's separate from does this movie deserve to win in and of itself? Um, I I wouldn't be, I guess, similar to Jess, I wouldn't be too surprised. I'd be more surprised that certain other movies didn't win more than I'd yeah. be surprised that this movie actually won. If yeah. that makes sense. Um, one of my favorite things is, uh, and you know, you might know this, but how how many Oscars do you think Steven Spielberg has? Seventeen. No, I don't know. <laughs> uh, Ten. So I think I think for best director he has Four. three. Uh, I said which, three. Which I feel like, if you think about how many Oscars Steven Spielberg like should have, and I know that that's like an arbitrary term, it feels like really low. Uh, I, to me, it feels low. I, I don't know if that makes he sense. He should have won at we... least 17 for Jurassic Park alone. <laughs> That's right. That's Jurassic right. Park alone won per dinosaur for sure. It yeah, should and have. Yeah, and apologies <laughs> that, like, uh, I, I just, how many does he have? And then actually was answering the question for how many best director uh, uh, does he have? But mm. I still think it, like, I feel like it feels like he should have more. Uh, so he won His for Steven Private Ryan. His name is Steven freaking Spielberg. Come on. Uh, Eventually, they're going to change the awards to the Spielbergs. Oh. From the Oscar, <laughs> you know. Okay, sorry. So, <laughs> I was like, "Wow." <laughs> so maybe he only three. has three total because he has two director wins. He won for Saving Private Ryan, and he won for uh, uh, Schindler's List. Uh, um, uh, uh, he has a bunch more nominations. But anyway, I just think that like there also is this thing that I keep saying. Era, we talk about this a lot. That there's like an Oscars thing of like they do like giving it to people who have won before as mm-hmm. like a thing that you can be like this person is such an Oscar person. And I feel like mm-hmm. Spielberg is like kind of that person that um, I think he's definitely uh, could win Best Director. But then having the movie that's about his life, I know it does feel Oscary. Um, even though I would like quibble with like the movies about movie thing, I, I think yeah, I I, I would be like happy enough with it i do think like for me the thing is that, like everything ever all at once feels like the most That's... unique movie and yes. so it's the thing i would be most excited to win because it gets the most like groundbreaking but to say for me that this movie like doesn't deserve it i think it's like really impeccable filmmaking which like, is un- like hot take i came out of tiff and people were like <laughs> what'd you see and i was like oh i saw the fablemans and, like what'd you think it was like hot take steven spielberg makes a pretty good movie you know yeah. yeah i think i think i totally agree with you grace in that like it's not a big deal if this movie wins because it's steven spielberg it's john williams yeah. like it's a great movie it's yeah. a big deal if everything everywhere all at once wins because yeah. that movie is so interesting it's so different it's yeah. groundbreaking so it feels like in not in terms of like deserves to win doesn't deserve it's just more of like it's a bigger occasion 
if yeah. that movie wins. And I, I do agree with you. I like this movie. I love this movie. Um, I, everything, my ideal, everything Everything All at Once wins. My ideal world is kind of that, like, Everything Everywhere All at Once wins Best Picture and that Spielberg gets uh, directing for Fablemans. And I feel like that's, like, you know, as I'll be pretty happy if that's the outcome uh, uh, we get. I think he has, you know, I feel like the, the directing field is actually pretty open with, like, Todd Fields for Tar, the Daniels for Everything, Martin McDonough for Banshees, Ruben Oslin for Triangle Sadness, and then yeah, Spielberg for Fablemans. So, I'm so uh, bullish on, on Martin McDonough, but that's... That's, you think he's gonna win? Yeah. yeah, he won. He won for screenplay, I think, at the Golden. I think he said he won for Scream. I'm like, oh, he won for Scream movie. He made it so good. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that that is our Fableman's coverage. We have finished our daily Oscar series, and Jess, thank you so much for coming on the uh, kind of finale of our little project. The Yay. season finale. Love mm -hmm. the love a season finale. Thank you so much for having me. This was really. Yeah. Uh, I don't think people would have expect that I. A saw this movie and B was like uh, complimented like the children so in the movie. I complimented the children. Mark this day down in history. Yeah, we didn't um, mention him by name, but I uh, I do think uh, oh, what is his name? Gabriel. Um, uh, his name is Gabriel something. Burn. Labelle. No, Labelle. I think he's tremendous. He's really good at this movie. I also so. knew an actor's name. Can we also write wow. that down in history? Wow. So it's, we don't have to write it down. It's actually recorded on audio. I don't know if you know. <laughs> Somebody write this transcript. Someone, Someone write it. Transcribe it. Um, <laughs> Jess, uh, what else do you have going on? Where can people find you? Oh gosh, uh, Grace probably already talks about this, but we're have you have you heard of a little show called Succession? Uh, we're recording daily podcasts about that. Of course, I'm also on Community Building with Josh Wiggler talking about season five of Community. Um, I'm finishing up some Last of Us coverage. We are nearing the end of the Last of Us first playthrough yes. with brooklyn zed where we play through the last of us for the first time um and of course you could find me on shit 90 shows taught me talking about dawson's creek talking about spielberg uh we are on season five of dawson's creek so go check that out as well and i'm at the just Sterling on twitter amazing um i'm on twitter at hi from grace area where can people find you i am on twitter at that other area <laughs> Sorry, I said it like that. I was honestly in my in my You're head. I was like, thinking, I've had enough. I was thinking, oh wow, is Dawson like the Spielberg of his universe? Wow. He is literally. Me, he is. It simultaneously made wow. me happy and also depressed. So it's that's really depressing. What was going wow. through my head when I was? Doing yeah. like These are the right reactions to have. I thought you couldn't remember your name, so I think this is a, we're in a healthier place. Uh, He's just like not me. this other Ariel, that right. other Ariel. Uh, other it's like listen, Dawson. Wow. <laughs> It was like, come on, I've done 10 of these in a row. 10 days, <laughs> leave me alone. Um, we will be back at some point uh, after the Oscars are over. It'd be weird to do a, a recap of them before they finished. So we'll I do it after that. they have aired. It uh, should be available in your feeds sometime on Monday, uh, on March 13th. The Oscars, uh, of course, on Sunday, March 12th, with our reactions to the whole shebang. Um, thank you so much for listening uh, to this podcast. If you listen to all of them or some of them, depending on what you've seen, we very much appreciate it. And we'll be back soon with our Oscars recap and, of course, more post show recaps theater coverage. Until then, I'm Grace. That's Ariel. And we're post show recaps theater.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.